It's Friday, September 3rd, and you're listening to a brand new episode of The Julian Dion Show without Jen Grant today. She's, uh, Jen is uh, doing her keynote speech this morning, so another solo pod. On today's episode, author, yes, author and comedian, friend of the show, Alex Wood, calls in. We talk about quitting everything and the monumental task of writing a book. That's that. All right, and that's the episode today. Appreciate it. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you hearing this right now. Could not do this without you. And it all starts now. Now, why don't we do a take two? As, wait a minute, let's start again. Hello, hello. <laughs> Hi, this is Ron Vogel. This is Alex Nussbaum. This is Jason Fraser. This is Matt O'Brien. Hey, this is Ray Zwicker. All right, world. My name is Cal Post. Guys, this is Christina Walkinshaw. This is Eddie Delisepi. This is Adrian Spencer. Uh, my name is Timo. And you're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour. You're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. <laughs> Who am I talking to? What am I yeah. doing? Julian Dion Comedy Hour. You're talking. listening to the... <laughs> Fuck some comedy <laughs> hour. See, I took the word out comedy. Changes the meaning completely, doesn't it? Days in, not really. I'm overworking, but days in the holidays. Happy holidays. You're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. Now broadcasting live and totally uncensored. Hey. <laughs> From Lemon Press Studio. In the beautiful gap in the wheels. Project. I was like half asleep on the couch and now I'm projecting. Hey everyone, this is Christian Potenza. This is Gay Trevor Wilson. This is Jean Paul, aka the Island Hipster, hashtag hipster business. This is Steph Tola. Hey, this is Jake Goldsby. This is Sky Wallace. Hey everybody, this is Erica Sigurdsson, aka Ricky Siggs. Okay, hello. Hi. This is Howard Wagman. Hey, this is Peter Anthony, the PA system. This is Matt O'Brien. Some people like to, that's my rap name. This is Jen Grant, and you're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. <laughs> Show. You and me belong, just like the flowers, laughing all day long. People I need to lose, sing a little song, then take a shower. Julian Dion. It's, it's a show. It's not an hour, it's a show. It's okay. Everybody, yeah, buddy. Uh, trying to. Where are we? Here we are. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Julian Dion Show. 
Excuse me, with out Jen Grant today once again. I know, let's turn this down a notch. A little loud off the top. Welcome, g'day, g'day, g'day. Episode 427, recorded live on a Friday, Friday, September 3rd. That was a weird reaction, but yeah, September 3rd already. Alex Wood is my guest today. We're going to go right to Alex, actually. Author and comedian. Friend of the show. I want to talk to him about his new book that's out. Float Like a Butterfly, Drink Mint Tea. Alex Wood. We are, of course, streaming live, as you do know. We stream this show live so you can take part, interact. I am on comments today. There's a lot happening. So, if you do have anything to mention, slam it down in the comments. I don't know what that means. Also, if you are watching live on YouTube, smash that like button. If you are watching live on Facebook, go ahead and give us a share. Why don't you? makes all the difference in the world. My mic yesterday's episode was so loud. Hopefully today's will be uh, fixed and a little better. All right. So, oh yes, and of course, broadcasting to you from Lemon Press Studios in the beautiful Gatineau Hills. Hi, hi, hi. Reminding you, of course, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, to leave a review. It makes all the difference in the world. And that's that. So we're going to chat with Alex for a good half hour. He's got a busy morning, and then we'll go from there. We'll keep going. So let's go ahead and admit him to the room. I'm going to turn this music off first and foremost. Maybe we'll leave it just a little bit in the background. There we go. And let's go see. Let's go see. Say hello to our friend and yours. The one, the only. Oh, there we go. Yes. Wait, two-way. Where we go? There he is. Alex Woody. Wood. What's up, hunk? Can you hear me? Oh, shit. You're, you're on mute. You're on mute. God. You got, hey! There he is. A year, did a year. you read my lips properly? Because I did say, God damn it. Or did you just happen to say that? <laughs> oh, too? no. And I just so happened to say, to, to say it. <laughs> yeah, that's like I thought it was right after. I was like. <laughs> it's, oh, shit. You're gone now. Fully gone. I think I think. And this is me double. <laughs> that's weird. I think in the throes of doing his act out uh, about saying, God damn it. He hit the end button on his uh, phone and uh, completely. <laughs> Completely left the uh, Zoom call. Or is it me? Did I do that? No, back to meeting. The meeting's on. All right, let me text... uh, Let me text Alex. Uh, Lost ya. Anyway, we'll we'll see if he makes it back in. I think it was like in the throes of his act out. He got a little too uh, dramatic and maybe uh, hit end on the uh, Zoom call or leave meeting. Anyway, we lost Alex. Uh, he'll be back. Or or he won't be. It'll be the shortest ap- uh, appearance ever on the podcast. In and out. Just a quick mute. A muted lipped. Uh, yeah, anyway. Oh, here he is. Here we go. Admit. 
It sounds very dramatic to admit someone into uh, uh, the room. Are you back? You're still muted, I think. Oh, no, you're good. I, this time I learned my lesson. I'm so angry. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this whole fucking thing, man. Did you, I'm done. Did you accidentally, like in the throes of your act out, just uh, leave the meeting by accident? No, I don't think so. Oh. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if I did. I thought I thought when you were doing your act out, your thumb slipped and hit the end or leave meeting button. But anyway, here we are. We've made it. We're successfully live uh, early. We, I don't usually start broadcasting until 10 a.m., but this is this is how much I wanted Woody on. We work, I appreciate that. We work around your schedule, Alex. Usually, <laughs> usually it's the other way around. He's like, yeah, you're going to have to go on earlier for me tomorrow, maybe at 930. No, that's not it. I'm going to anybody now follow me on Twitter at Wood Comedy and I will share the screen cap of our conversation. <laughs> Starting off with a feud already, like <laughs> sending people to Twitter for your side already to win. Not my side, the side. The side. I, I'm providing receipts. You're providing conjecture. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, shit. He's gone again. What the fuck? I love that every time he leaves, it, uh, it, uh, it, uh, you see me twice. Anyway, I, all right. I'll see, I'll see if, um, if this is me or if this is, uh, all right. The host is not allowing participants to unmute themselves. Anyway, I don't know what's going on. Uh, if it's on my, it, it might be on my end. I don't know. Everything seems to be running smoothly. Welcome once again to the Technical Difficulties Podcast brought to you by Patience. We don't have any. And by we, I mean me. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't know if uh, we're gonna we're gonna be able to do this or not, but uh, let's see. Okay, one more time. There's Alex in the waiting room. Let's see if it works. Okay. This is really illustrating how different we are because you're like maintaining. I'm like a ball of rage right now. I'm ready well, to like go to Bill Gates's fucking house right now and burn the place to the ground. Go go there. He's batching it now. He might guys might uh, be able to party or something. I don't know. But uh Oof. but uh yeah, I, I don't know what's happening, but I am by the way, internally I'm a ball of rage, but I've lost my mind so many times on this podcast. I always end up regretting it when I go back and go, "Oh, Jesus, I just look like so so pathetic when I'm on here losing it." It's kind of like uh, uh when you see someone going through severe road rage and you really realize that they're the only ones experiencing this like it's in their world that's the same thing when i lose my mind on the podcast everyone's just like dude just relax and i'm like fucking nothing's working so <clears throat> i've learned to uh just take it out on my dog after the show uh, have you heard of uh, have you watched the malice in the palace documentary on netflix no Okay, so it's about, do you remember that big brawl that happened in the stands and basketball in like 2005? Yes. It was like the players went into the stands and like beat the shit out of fans. It was a riot with like 20,000 people in Detroit. Yep. Well, Ron Artest, this like notorious psychopath in basketball, like absolutely insane. He's the guy who a fan whipped a drink at him and he was the first one to like rush the stands. He's like, oh, shit. I knew I could feel, I could hear a clicking sound. I don't know what the fuck's happening. All right. Well, I don't know if this is. Uh, okay. I don't. I don't know if it's. What the fuck is going on? 
All right, I apologize, everybody. Uh, let's see. Let's get Alex back on here. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, we'll f we'll figure it out. We'll try one last time to get Alex on. And uh, all right, all right. Sorry, I'm just uh. uh, uh <clears throat> All right. Well, maybe maybe we should have the first ever text interview where I I, I just sit here in complete silence and read to you the uh re replies back and forth. We could do an interview that way. I don't know. Um okay, well, doesn't look like we're going to have Alex back on. I don't know what's going on. Okay, well, that sort of throws a uh, wrench in the in the spokes, as they say. Um, all right, I apologize for all the dead air there. If anyone is watching, uh, we're just uh, we're figuring it out. This is technology. It's only eighteen months into this pandemic. You'd think we'd figure Zoom out. But no, for some reason, it's not working. So we're going to try it, I think, one last time. And if, uh, yeah, there we go. Admit. Uh, and uh, there, I, th I think I've developed a full-blown ulcer and or tumor inside my body, just withholding all this anger and rage. Uh, okay, we're back. Uh, that's funny. I have gastritis, which leads to ulcers, and it's caused by the same... Like just white hot rage in my belly. Did you change anything? Did you take your ear? Uh, did you have your headphones in? Is that it? I took my headphones out and like I, I, I guess my phone is a little messed up. Sometimes my, I don't know why, but when I plug in my headphones, I can't even talk about it. I'm going to lose my fucking mind. <laughs> For some reason, when my headphones are in. I, I like will like an app I'm using just like doesn't work anymore. But that can't be it. Right. Cause like, I don't fucking know. It's like I don't we know why. Swear, right? I, I don't know why every time I accidentally tap that big red button, I, I lose you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I'm I'm in such a bad place that that was a great joke, but I got really angry. I was like, "Was this your fault, Julian?" When you know, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. joke. Um, so Ron Artest talks about in the documentary having PTSD, and I've been diagnosed with it. And he's like a notorious psycho freak show. He changed his name to Meta World Peace. Yes. So like his jersey just on the back says World Peace. And he in the documentary talks about going to therapy and he's like, my therapist has me doing this thing now where I take a five count. No matter what I do, if I feel that anger starting, I just count to five. And even if I'm going to still act on the anger, I still just do the five count and I have to do it. And I was like, shit, man, my therapist has been like begging me to do the five count for like a year and a half now. And I like never, ever do it. The rage hits and I just act or say something. And then later regret it and go, should have done that five count. That five count is clutch. It really does make a difference because your whole you convince yourself to change everything around in that five seconds. Like whether it's it's anger or even just doing something, like when you have to do something, even if it's just getting up, if you don't do it within the first five seconds, your brain convinces yourself not to do it. You're like, well, I can I don't need to get up. 
Because 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 I would think five seconds isn't long enough. Like if I'm in a white rage, I'd think I need to count to like a hundred to to calm down. But uh, it is enough. It makes all the difference. You just get to think a little bit. Well, you take out that impulse at least, like that, like because it's amazing too when uh, when you start like becoming more aware of your thoughts. It's crazy how you'll be like, wow, I just had like a hundred thoughts in like fourteen. 15 seconds yeah. like it's your brain's incredible uh but yeah how, how are you buddy yeah good man just uh keeping busy doing the thing where are you right now are you in a park you're in toronto downtown uh, i'm down the hill outside my home because i uh my house is right behind those trees did you just move I just, yeah i just moved on monday oh nice and uh, how you been man you keeping busy you starting to gig yeah, uh, I mean, we're doing like indoor shows here and uh, there's still some outdoor ones. Like I'm uh, recording an album at Comedy Bar on the 18th yeah. of September at 7 and 11 p.m. Uh, 945 Blue Street West. Yeah, me and I'll... <laughs> Sorry. With professionalism like that on the pie, I feel so bad for the technical errors <laughs> now and the diva request of 10 minutes early and going on early in the show. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you got clapping and shit now. Oh, there's people here. We I brought in 21 people for, for this. <laughs> oh, that was the live studio audience, yeah, yeah. was it? Yeah, they're all sitting behind the camera. You can't see them, but uh, they're here. They're uh, eagerly awaiting uh, uh, the interview. But um, yeah, man, I know it's uh, it's uh, crazy times. Did you like in the last year and a half? Because you're originally from Ottawa, were you tempted at all to move home and to ride it out? Because a lot of people that were you know have moved to New York or LA or Toronto just went back home. Did you stayed the entire time. Was there any temptation to come back and write it out? Yeah, definitely. I definitely thought about it. Uh, the thing with Ottawa specifically was, uh, like, rent-wise, it would be a lateral move from Toronto. Right. And then cost of living is much cheaper in Toronto. All food is cheaper. Uh, groceries are cheaper. Uh, uh, restaurants are cheaper because there's just so much competition, I guess. And then also because... We don't have to ship it from Toronto to Ottawa. Like it lands here. Yeah, that's yes. what I. That's what I was told, and I just decided to believe it. And then <laughs> yeah. I, if I went back to live with my mom and stepdad, I was like, "Well, that's a double homicide, suicide waiting to happen." Yeah, the only yeah. question is, who's the one doing the killing and suiciding, and who, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I definitely thought about it because it would have been. But I'm glad I didn't now. Like, yeah, for sure. Now that you wrote it out there, um, I I love that the uh, we get our food delivered here, so it's cheaper. Like information, I have that. I I have that sometimes where I just latch on to a piece of piece of information for my almost my entire life, and then as a grown adult, I think back and go, that's probably not true. Like a lot of times, yeah. like I'll, I'll go, <clears throat> and I've said it many times out loud and I go like I had heard back in the day when I lived in New York I'd met some Montreal Canadiens fans in in uh, at the uh, uh, where the Islanders play on Long Island and they're like oh yeah it's cheaper for us someone had told me like it's cheaper for us to come watch a Habs game down here at the, uh, the Bell Center and uh, in the moment I was like that's crazy and I said that to a lot of people then thinking back I'm like that's probably not true oh no that's 100% true really like to go oh, yeah. down to New York, get a hotel and everything like that, it's cheaper than to watch a game at the Bell Center? Buddy, Habs fans and Leafs fans are fucking maniacal. Like they're psychotic. Uh, it's cheap. <clears throat> it's way, way, way. I mean, it's obviously less far, but it is so much cheaper to go to a... You can go to a Buffalo Sabres game front row when the Leafs are playing for, honest to God, like 
a fourth of the cost of the worst seat in Toronto. Oh, really? Okay. Front row to worst, and it's 400% better. Wow. All right. And then front row at a Leafs game is literally like 1200 a ticket, where in Buffalo it's like a buck 15 US. Oh, crazy. All right. Well, I guess that that piece, that was a bad example because that was true. Um, Go ahead. I thought you were going to say something. Anyway, um, I wanted to talk to you also <clears throat> about your book. We've met. We met about I don't know what fourteen, fifteen years ago in the beginning of uh, uh, we were just starting out in comedy. And um, to think back, I mean, to me, writing a book seems like the most daunting, craziest, insane thing. And um, how the f- how the hell did you do that? Uh, like, well, first let's start at the beginning. About f- was it four years ago, five years ago? You started your podcast. Yeah, I started the podcast in 2017, April 1st, 2017. And the premise of the podcast, for those who don't know, was Alex would quit everything. So just uh, one at a time, you would quit things and document them. And Yeah, uh, I was already off hard drugs and alcohol. So then I quit weed, caffeine, biting my nails, uh, cigarettes, red meat, dairy, porn, gossip, social media, sugar, my smartphone. Um gossip that's a good one did you were you still have you been able to stay off it honestly i do feel like i I mean so i'm off like still cigarettes haven't had since july 1st 2017 weed on and off but right now off uh and then also i did um what's uh i mean some of the other ones i moderate with like i still use my credit card obviously and then uh i do uh sparingly gossip i would say no, not sparingly. That's probably unfair, but not as much as before. Do you think it was weird when you get sober, like you learn all these like tricks and shit like that. Like the biggest one for me, and I talk about this in the books, playing the tape out is like with addiction, you usually just go like, oh, I want this thing. And then the only way you fight it in your brain until you start like going to meetings and learning about this kind of stuff is you go like, oh, but I can't, I shouldn't. Oh, but I really want it. Oh, no, don't, don't. That's a debate you're going to lose every single time. So you got to start coming up with smarter things and playing the tape out means like, it's pretty simple. It's like, well, how are you going to feel after this is done? Right. So for, for me, like I started doing that with everything, right? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm never happy after a cigarette anymore. I'm never happy after, especially booze. I was like, I'm broke. Oh, my pancreas will hurt. I might die. <laughs> like all this kind of shit. So then when I applied it to gossip, I really, I was amazed. I was like, holy fuck. Like I never feel better when I trash somebody. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think I'm venting and I think, but then uh, afterwards, I feel worse than I did before I started it. And that's just like substances, you know? Yeah, that's such a good philosophy. Play the tape out. Because that's what you do as, as human beings. We romanticize things. Like I do that with weed. I quit weed. I quit drinking. I quit all that too. And, and I'm sober. But you think back and I go, oh, I would smoke a joint right now because it's always so fun. You laugh and you think of the best times you've had when you smoked. And you just romanticize this idea in your brain. But then you smoke and it sucks. You're paranoid. You go, I'm not enjoying any of this your thoughts turn to negative you're just negative negative and you go fuck this is not what i was picturing and it's not fun but if you just play the tape out before in your head and go really play it out what's it gonna feel like to smoke the shame of hiding it the 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 paranoia the disgusting feeling of failing after just all of that and and you write it out and it is better i wanted to ask you about your your strategy for quitting things because they say white knuckling it like you did is often not the best way to quit things for long term uh, results. But doing it in the context of a podcast and then the book, do you think that helps 
with momentum and and accountability so that you don't yeah. want to do it again because you're making it a thing rather than just doing it on your own? Yeah, definitely. Which is uh, something I honestly maybe regret even a little bit about it is like the podcast made it easy. And to be honest with you, I didn't expect it to do well, but it opened up so many doors for my career. Then, then that was a part of it too, where I was like, well, if I finished, it's already going so well. You know what I mean? Like I got, I think within two months of starting it, I was in the Toronto star and then, uh, did just for laughs again when I hadn't been back in like eight or nine years and it was doing really well on social media and I was getting like a fair amount of listeners uh, and all of that kind of stuff was like, well, then, yeah, now I can also focus on, well, like, well, don't go have a cigarette because, I mean, you're going to cost yourself all these also these other things, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And did you fall into this trap? I've, I've done this time and again when I've quit things where once you're off it, you feel so good. You trash it completely. You go, fuck weed. It's the worst thing in the world. It ruins lives, all this. Then you smoke it again. You're like, Ooh. it's kind of like when when you're with a friend. Or, or a good buddy of yours breaks up with, with uh, his girlfriend. You go, yeah, man, she was a real cunt. And then and they get back together. You're like, well, she's, yeah, man, good for you. Your happiness is so important. And so it's kind of like that feeling with substances where I've quit things and just go off like, oh, booze is the worst thing in the world, these f- big philosophical ideas. And then you slip up and you feel like such an idiot because you've trashed it so much to people around you that then it can be a, a double-edged sword where now you have to do it in, in private and kind of hide it when you start again. Did you fall into that trap at all? Uh, yeah, definitely. Like with weed specifically, like I started smoking again during the pandemic and I was like, oh man, this is with me for life again. Like I know I've, I definitely have had now enough on and off with weed that I've learned like I need it and it helps me and, and it does help you with certain things for sure. Right. Like, mm-hmm. uh, sleeping is my biggest one. Like just being able to go to sleep and taking away uh, night terrors specifically is very nice thing about weed. And then my stomach's always very finicky and it gives you, but then, you become a pothead again and you remember like, right, I don't want to do anything. Uh, the fact that it helps my wee, my stomach makes me eat like shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah, well I have weed so I can handle pizza, then ice cream, then chocolate bars, then chips where like, if I don't have weed, that is horrendously tough to deal with. Like I can't, it hurts so much. Um, so yeah, you, you start weighing the drawbacks and then and then for me, I start weighing like, well, what am, what are these things that weed is doing for me? And then I realize like, well, maybe I could do these things without weed. Maybe there's other, you know what I mean? Coping yeah. mechanisms. To be honest with you, the only one I haven't replaced is like, yeah, the fact that you don't dream. I'm like, I would, I mean, I wish there was some sort of like, you know, melatonin helps you go to sleep, but it doesn't help you not dream. Like that's the only thing I'm, I haven't figured out of like, oh yeah, there's nothing else that takes that away. But I'd rather just deal with like, okay, I wake up in the morning. I I had a bad dream. That's really just what it is. You know what I mean? Uh, And then just fucking go on with my day, you know? Yeah, you kind of trick yourself with the addiction and and convincing yourself that that, uh, you get a handle. Like the longer you're off it, you go, oh, I I have control over this. I'll just slowly start integrating it integrating it back into my life meanwhile nothing's changed only that you've been away from it so you think all of a sudden you've changed and you have a healthier relationship with it when you really don't then you start again a little bit like and i'm talking specifically weed you start again and then it is fun a couple times and you watch stuff and you listen to music but after a month of that and you're back in that rut and you're deep in oh man it sucks 
it's the worst feeling. Yeah, it really is because also too, I don't know if you guys like this, but with weed, when I'm a pothead, I'm like joyless at a certain point. Yes. I'm like, at first I'm like, you're I, joyful. I can't, pardon? At first you're joyful. The first like couple days and weeks, you're like all over it. And then you become joyless pretty quick. You be, you just fall into that kind of spiral of, of like, fuck. Then you have to quit again. Then it becomes a thing where it's like, oh shit, I have to, I'm in the position where I'm now having to quit this thing that I had vowed to never do again. And I'm like in deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, and then also too, like, and this is true with like all of them pretty much except the psychological ones on the list, like just the money. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, yeah. I'm like, this is like, even when you're like, cause then I am, a, I'm the worst kind too, because like, I won't pick an ounce at a time because I know I'll smoke it in two days, right. three days. Uh, <laughs> so then I'm like, so I can only pick like half cues at a time. And then you end up spending like fucking 250 bucks a week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, man. We're the same person, I think, because I go through the same same things. What if I've had slip-ups and I'll go, I'll just get get pre-rolls. That works. And yeah, it's just like, what, what am I doing? Like, just, yeah. like, just a grown man going to the weed store every day for pre-roll. I'm like, uh, anyway. What about, uh, when did the book start up as an idea? Because as I said off the top, the, the to me writing a book seems like the most daunting and crazy thing was it was it did someone approach you or was it something you always kind of wanted to do never wanted to do it never thought i would uh i had like i had like big dreams like every comedian and they pretend they don't but like i thought like okay i'm gonna be letterman and then i'm gonna host the oscars i'm gonna transition to movies i'm gonna do that what he never did uh, I'm going to write them. I'm going to direct them. I'm going to be the first person to host the Oscars and win best director on the same night, you know, when I'm like 13 and shit. And I thought, and I'm never going to write the autobiography or the memoir. I'm going to be the only big time celebrity that doesn't just like Dave. I don't want people to know this shit. I don't fucking, they don't have to, kind of thing, you know? And I also thought like, also, I don't have the discipline for it and I don't like it. I like writing dialogue like scripts and shit more. So not only was it not on your radar, but it was actually your dream to not write a book. <laughs> <laughs> kind of in a way. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I wrote this article for vice uh, because I was just in December kind of feeling like I just fought back against the feeling. Like I always do. I was like, okay, I got just for laughs again. I, I have this uh, girlfriend <clears throat> at the time. Uh, that I met through the podcast. She was just a fan of it. And uh, I was like, well, my life is set. Like, I got everything I wanted out of this podcast. Uh, I'm in a relationship. I got my careers back on track. I'm going to ride out the last uh, four months of this, January, February, March, sorry, three months of this, just in my bedroom, trying not to eat, because the last three were sugar, uh, social media, and my smartphone. And I was already off all that other shit. So I was like, I'm just going to ride out the last three months, like, as a like a shut in basically. Cause that's the only way I can do it. And, uh, I'm not going to work hard. I'm just going to play video games all day. The video games is going to be the only thing I can still do. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I thought like, this is, that's not a good idea. This is what you always do. Like you're, you're going to stagnate on like this amount of success, which isn't even that much. So then I was like, well, what could I do? And my buddy is a great writer, Jordan Foise. I just messaged him like, can I have your vice editor's uh, email? That's cool. He gave it to me. I pitched him like, Hey man, I have this podcast. I quit all this shit. I'd love to write an article about like how, like New Year's resolutions and advice on how to quit stuff. And that's a pretty good elevator pitch. And he was like, "Yeah, definitely." Um, and then wrote an awful, awful 
maybe 800 words. Just brutal. Just so lazy. (laughs) Just like, let's get it done. Like lazy. Yeah. Um, There was one decent paragraph in it. Typical comics approach. Yeah. Yeah. Still the pothead inside. Yeah. But uh, it's the typical comic. Comics, we don't prep for anything and we're used to getting the job done without just like, just winging it and it works. So then when something like this comes along where you need structure, it's like, oh. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he, then he was like, uh, like this paragraph's good, but like, you got to redo everything. And I went, yeah, I do. This is shit. I reread it. Like, this isn't the, my best. And then I rewrote a bunch. Like, it was funny how much it took me to write. I think the whole thing ended up being like 1200 words, but it took me like fucking a whole week of like really slogging at it. Mm-hmm. And then I thought like, wow, like I remembered like, like I took creative writing in high school and shit like that. And I was like, yeah, I've always actually been good at prose. And then, uh, I, I really enjoyed the vice article and I really enjoyed how much I like worked at it. And then it, it response wise did great and like shares and all that kind of shit. And then more and more people messaging me saying like, it was like very helpful to them and shit. So then I was like, Oh man, I actually messaged my girlfriend (coughs) at the time. (laughs) And, uh, as you can tell, I'm doing great with it. And, uh, I was like, Oh, uh, I think I'm going to write a book. I'm going to try to write a book about the whole podcast, the whole thing. And then uh, Charlie Demers, who's like a very talented author himself, who has mm-hmm. his own imprint with like a very reputable publisher, Arsenal Paul Press, messaged me an hour after I sent that message. Did you ever think about writing a book? No shit. That's uh, crazy. And I was like, wow, this is kind of kismet. And then I just sent him the screen cap of what I sent to my uh, girlfriend. And then it was it moved very fast. Like, I feel bad. Because, well, I don't feel bad because anyone, <laughs> a lot of people have DM'd me, hey, how did you get your book deal? And I, if I had the courage, I would respond, well, step one is don't message a published author and say, how did you get your book deal? Right, that's right, not, right. that's not the way. Yeah. Um, so this isn't like an open mic, like, hey, who books your, who yeah. books a book deal? You know? Yeah. <laughs> e- even authors asks, ask who books that? Like it, it never ends. Yeah. Right. So then I was like, yeah. Uh, but anyways, point being is like my, uh, experience is not is insanely lucky, like insanely lucky of like, uh, I pitched an article to vice. They said, yes, I wrote the article. A person read it. They offered me a book deal. Like, that's not how it works. There's people, there's much more talented writers than me who have been published multiple times in bigger publications that haven't gotten a book deal. What about uh, what about the the so do you get like a, a deadline right away like how does that work where they go okay write a book or do you write it in chunks like uh, how how the hell do you I can't wrap my so yeah mind. it's it, they give you a lot of notice or at least I I mean at least it happened this way like so January 2017 and then he was like oh let's uh, we're gonna aim for uh, I think it was originally like fall 2018. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Sorry. I'm sorry. Fall 2019. And then uh, the pandemic pushed some things back, obviously. Um, and then something else happened with like another author. So, uh, and I mean, I can't maybe say like all the insides of that because it's not my imprint and stuff. But so it ended up just getting pushed like spring 2021. And one of the things that pushed it back was um, my first draft I handed in was 97,000 words. And he was like, um, no one wants to read War and Peace, man. Like 97,000 words. That's insane. Which is like to conceptualize for people, that's about 500 pages, which is like, um, 
So you're not famous, and no one would want to read a memoir that's 500 pages from a famous person. So how, so, do, how do you whittle it down? <clears throat> what would you end up with, like 30,000, 40,000 words? What, what was the end? I think it finished uh, 62, 62, maybe wow. maybe even closer to 70. I'm not, I can't even remember. But uh, yeah, they whittled it down because, well, first of all, I didn't understand the concept of a memoir. I was like, I didn't want to just start like, hey, these are all the shit I quit. I was like, I'll cover my childhood. Yeah. Well, that's and, the thing is uh, there's like, like got to be structure and so much. Like, how did how do you learn that? Do you just go in and then learn as you go or? Yeah, like it was like a lot of on the job writing. Like, right. like I said, I to be honest with you, I, I hate admitting this, but prose is probably the thing I write best. Better than screenplays, better than stand up. Like I can write prose pretty like well for my skill set. Like it's it's the thing I write best. Yeah. So to be honest with you, like I enjoyed it so much. And then a lot of it was just like documenting shit that happened so yeah and then from there it was just like like you said whittling it down charlie was like okay we don't need to know anything about ages zero to 17 you could cover that in three paragraphs right and i just thought like but you need to know that or it's going to be too confusing to just like drop me off in like uh the middle of you know the addiction thing yeah it's kind, it's kind of like uh when you're uh starting out in comedy where you you're so wordy because you you're like well people have to understand this I have to set it up this way you know yeah exactly that exactly that like I was like well they I mean it's gonna be too weird to start off any other way yeah well that's unbelievable man and uh, and uh, I can't believe it the book is float like a butterfly drink mint tea how I beat the shit out of all my addictions by Alex Wood before you go I know you're tight for schedule so I'll let you go shortly I just Jen's not here she's doing a keynote this morning so I do have a couple questions from her she wanted to. Uh, to ask if you have a minute to answer those. So, yeah, yeah. So first question from Jen. I noticed lately you've been extra vulnerable on Instagram lately. Oh, she used lately twice. Uh, one story in particular that comes in mind is one where you talked about a girl you went on a date with who you liked and hit it off with uh, the beginning of the pandemic or before the pandemic, and then you met up with her again and she made you feel bad about your body. I'm impressed with the fact that you shared it and wondered what your thought process was before sharing it and if you were nervous about sharing it. Long question. <laughs> this is so, like... Uh, I, I like got my body to a place where I thought it was worth showing and I didn't want to just post a douchey shirtless selfie. And that story did happen to me, but I thought, well, this will oh, be a nice yeah. conduit to just show that I fucking think I look good with my shirt off. So it's yeah. not that inspiring at all. <laughs> That's hilarious. You're like, how do I show off this midriff without being douchey? Meanwhile, Jen's welling up reading your status. Yeah, just a, just how can I deliver this thirst trap in like the most like appropriate way? Yeah, and Jen's like, wow, Alex is flourishing as a human in front of our very eyes. Meanwhile, you're just trying to get your dick wet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, another question. Uh, how can you run so fast? That That is also a question from me. It's actually insane some of the speeds you got when you started running. How fast were you per kilometer, your pace versus now? That That is something. When I see people pace their runs, you included, the pace just blows my mind. How did you yeah, do that? Um, so, so I was always like, cardio is like the only athletic gift I have, like, uh, like naturally. So like I used to run cross country as a kid and I wouldn't train, which is very funny because I thought that training was like cheating. I was like, this is supposed to be a test of how much pain you can take and training makes it less painful. So that's cheating. <laughs> so I would do cross country all throughout junior high and, and, and elementary school and finish like 
33rd out of like 150 kids with zero training. I didn't go to one practice and stuff like that. Looking back, I wonder what I could have done had I actually not been a masochistic psycho. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, basically how you do it is like reps. One thing specifically is hill sprints. Hill sprints is like downloading cardio to your brain, like out of the matrix. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you, you just you get more muscles involved. It, it cranks it right up. What, um, so, so you build your, cause, cause that's one thing. My pace when I run is pretty brutal. Like I used to be able to, I was around five minutes a kilometer about two and a half, three years ago. And I started trying to get back into it this year. And the thing with these running apps is that one thing I don't like about them is the pace. Cause I should be happy. I just went out running for four or five K, but instead I'm like, Oh fuck, six twenty seven a kilometer. Then I'm bummed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that is, like, mental, too, right? I mean, so much running in sports in general is mental. So you just, like, you just accept, too. That's the hardest part of running is, like, for me, is, like, the 80-80 rule still bothers me quite a bit. So 80% of your runs should be at 80% of what you can do. Right. And I'm, like, so I'll be running, and I'm, like, hey, you're at 420 a kilometer. That's way too fast. That's not 80%. I'm, like. No, nah, no, nah, we're sticking at 420. So yeah. that also helps build your cardio. And now 420 probably is 80% of my best. That's insane. Yeah, Th- that 420 kilometer is really fast, man. Um, do you find a... Hill, sorry, last thing, hill sprint. Hills are also... If you just incorporate hills into your run, and um, I mean, this is the two best... Th- three best things I would say for how to improve like running times. Hill sprints, mm-hmm. um, and then hills in your run... Uh, and then when hills are in your run, don't care about your time at all. Just get through it. Right. Like even if you got to go super slow, just incorporate hills into your run. And then, uh, lastly is, uh, put the watch away for like a couple months, an entire couple months. Yeah. So if you want to run a fast 5k, it's actually better to train for that, to run a slow 7k than running a fast 5k. Oh Yeah. It sounds like counterproductive, but like just go nice, slow and low, you know, kind of thing for the 7K is way better training for a 5K. I'm, I got to try that. Is there anything worse in the world than that first 10 minutes of running? Yeah. So that's why like dynamic war, uh, warm ups is what it's called is like, so it's like not just stretching. You kind of like do like some high knees and stuff like that. Do that before you run. To be honest with you, I can kind of see what people are saying with that, but like I, I don't know. I I always start very fast and don't really, I settle in pretty quick. Like I, I think that's the key thing. I think you have to start fast because I sometimes start really slow, like trips and it's hard to, to, to set a slow pace and then crank it up. It's almost impossible for me. If I'm got, if I, my first kilometers slow and then I start, okay, let's crank it up. Holy shit. It's almost impossible. I, I get so tired, but if I start fast, you almost like settle into that pace. I think that's kind of the, the trick. Yeah. 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 For sure. And uh, third question from Jen, actually you did answer this for, she, she, uh, the classic, uh, was it hard? How'd you get, who books that basically for anyone, including myself, would like to write a book. What is your number one piece of advice and, and how hard was it to get published? You kind of answered that. Um, yeah, man. So, so I'll let well, you- I would say like, I mean, that's not sh- how the published part of obviously don't have good advice for that's very hard, but other than like start writing and getting published in um, like a vice or whatever, like publication, because who else is going to see your writing if it's not getting it. And then like anything else, it's like, well, yeah, just start writing. 
Like you got to start writing right now. Like yeah, anything, anything like a daily journal, anything, start writing. And then also be open to editors because like you like, Oh my God, is my writing ever awful until I get an editor? Yeah. Oh my God. And the editor does all the difference in the world, makes all the difference in the world. I, I, uh, write a column for a newspaper here every other week and it's about seven between 500 and 700 words and i've done 84 of them and i thought of just compiling all of those and putting it into a book because it's all if you add them all up it's a book but i don't even even like it's already written even just putting it together seems like a daunting task so i'm impressed uh and and proud of you buddy look at you look at you thanks Thanks, man. Yeah, you too, brother. It's yeah. uh, I've been in, I've been on every iteration of your podcast, and it's nice to see you like just get stronger with each one as like an interviewer, technically everything, you know. You have, and uh, yeah, man. Hopefully, uh, we'll get to hang out soon. As I mentioned, the book is "Float Like a Butterfly." Drink mint tea, mint tea. How I beat the shit out of all my addictions. Of course, I could talk to you forever, but I know you have to go. Follow him on social media at Wood Comedy. And uh, look for him. Buy his book. Look for his live shows. Very, very funny. One of the top comics in this country. And uh, doing it. So uh, keep at it, buddy. Let's catch up soon. I love you. And we'll talk to you soon. I love you too, man. Thank you. Okay, buddy. See you, man. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Alex Wood. Oh, here's Double Me. In case, in case you're wondering what Alex's view was of me, it's there to, to, on the right-hand side the whole time of the interview. Anyway... There it is, Alex Wood, ladies and gentlemen. There he goes. Always entertaining, always fun to t- chat, uh, talk to, and uh, that's that. I think I'll go for the close. Um, Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not. And you know what? By the way, uh, it's a long weekend, so we're taking Monday off. So we'll be back on Tuesday. Now, this, we've been. Um, you know, I mentioned in the intro of a, uh, an episode the last couple of days that I feel like it's still we're still summer mode on the show, and uh, you know, still looser, been a little bit looser uh, the last few days, and a little less structured and kind of all over the map. But starting next week, back to work. It really does feel that way after Labor Day. I mean, it is called Labor Day. You feel like you're heading back to work. Time to get serious, and time to. Um, Dial in and focus. So, starting Tuesday, we're going to be bringing a brand new energy to the show, bringing you five episodes a week, of course, as always, and we're going to um, bring you guests and and uh, fun segments and a lot of fun stuff coming up. So, our last show of, of quote-unquote summer, even though summer is still for another uh, three weeks officially, the season, as far as our work... Uh, you know, what we put into it. We're locking it in and starting uh, swinging for the fences as of Tuesday, September. What's the date on Tuesday? On the 7th. So that'll be our next show, Tuesday the 7th. We'll be back. We've got a couple guests lined up next week. I've got Tammy Bidido from Atlantic Food. I've got a... um, I believe Miller Crosby, we have to firm up a date. So anyway, uh, lots of fun and exciting stuff to look forward to. So do it. Look forward to it. Appreciate you uh, listening. 
appreciate you watching, subscribing on your favorite po- uh, podcast platform. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts, encouraging you to leave a review. If you watch the show live on YouTube or Facebook, share it or smash that like button. It makes all the difference in the world. That's all we ask of you. The podcast is free. We just ask for a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, engagement. A little engagement goes a long way. Whoops. What happened there? So we'll see you on Tuesday. Oh, there's Nugget. Hey, say hi. There he is. Thanks to Alex Wood. Go buy his book. Go watch his live shows. You won't be disappointed. We'll see you Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Share the show. Talk about the show. That's how we grow. We'll see you on Tuesday. And until then, watch your head. Yeah, buddy. And what I'm not, you spend your life looking for what you already such a beautiful waste of time waste of time a beautiful waste of time it's just a waste of time wandering eyes and itchy feet I'm just a thin nervous shadow walking backwards down the street the land A beautiful waste of time Just a waste of time The whole world wants a piece of my head But they all get a piece of my mind instead I roll over and go back to bed It's such a beautiful waste of time A beautiful